Uh, there's a story that um, is told. I was trying to track down if it's true because I try to tell true stories when, uh, when I preach. Uh, and I try not to pass along inaccurate things. Um, the closest I could come is that Sir Arthur Conan Oil. Uh, Conan Doyle said this about himself. I'm not sure he actually did this or if it was just kind of a joke he told. Uh, he said that uh, he would send out letters to, he, he had uh, some, some friends, he had 12 friends that were prominent people in England. Uh, and so he sent out letters to all 12 of them. And uh, it said, it was anonymous, he sent it anonymous. And it said, all is discovered flee at once. And within 24 hours, four of them had, had left England. I don't know if that's true or not. could not track down. There's, there's some stories that, that other people did this. So I thought it might have just been a funny story told it, uh, things. But there's a, there's a side of us that we know is uh, the real you. And, uh, and sometimes that, that side's not the, the side that everybody else knows. And kind of when we... we um, some of this is just due to the passage of time, and, and uh, we develop a character that, that other people think. Sometimes it's, it's we, we used to be that way, and, and as we go, we kind of develop a different character, and maybe sometimes we're still known as, as the bad character, and, and we've changed, and it can go that way too. We're going to be talking about a man that kind of we, we think of in a particular way, and in reality, he had a different character, and, and sometimes... We can learn that character uh, by being around the friends of the person. We hear the stories. Have you ever heard stories told about someone you thought was a particular way? I, I know some, uh, some guys would get together and they would tell stories and, and about these particular brothers. And they were all, Some of them were preachers and some of them were preachers' sons. And there was all one big family. And the stories they told about what they did when they were not kids, but when they was, these men were adults. I mean, they were like 25 in that, that age group. And some of the stories, I'm like, are you sure you were raised in the church? I'm not, not quite sure. You, know, you, you learn some of the character of these, these characters. And, um, and we're going to learn a little bit about a man uh, like that. Interesting uh, that there are moments that make up these characters. If you stood on Ray's Peak in Colorado and you, you take a glass of water and you dump it out, if you stood on the top, some of that water will end up in the Atlantic Ocean and some of that water will end up in the Pacific Ocean. It's called the Continental Divide. It's a watershed. And there are moments in our lives that are like that. We are kind of the product of our character growing up, and, and a lot of decisions go into making us who we are. But along those lines, there are some of these watershed moments, some of these big moments. We call them moments of truth, moments that, that determine more than other moments what will make us who we are, or at least what people think of us. Not, not every moment is, is this moment. And I'm not saying, for example, if you cheated on your, a test in high school, we all probably did at some point, or at least the, some, some of us. Some of you didn't. Uh, some of you didn't need to. But um, some of us needed to get by. And uh, some, of, some uh, in a lot of cases, really didn't care about our grades that we got, and so, so maybe we didn't cheat on, on tests. That probably didn't go into determining who you are thought of today. 
Now, I'm not encouraging, just so we know, I'm not encouraging cheating on tests because it's not a big moment in your life. Uh, but those moments don't determine so much who we are. But we do come to those decisions. And you can come to decisions in your life that you thought of and said, this was a big moment and I, I, I handled it good and that was great. Or, or you might think of a moment that you could have handled better. And it's, it's been something that you've thought of and wished that that one moment you had done the other thing. These moments of, of truth, these pivotal moments. I want to come to a, a moment like that in Joshua chapter 3. In Joshua chapter 3, we're going to read a couple of long sections during this sermon. Uh, the first right now is chapter 3, we're going to begin in verse 5. Joshua said to the people, sanctify yourself, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders for you. Or among you, excuse me. And Joshua spoke to the priest, saying, Take up the Ark of the Covenant and cross over before the people. And so they took up the Ark of the Covenant and went in front of the people. And the Lord said to Joshua, This day I will begin to exalt you in the sight of all Israel, so that they may know that as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. And so shall you shall command the priests who bear the Ark of the Covenant, saying, When you've come to the edge of the water of the Jordan, you shall stand in the Jordan. And so Joshua said to the children of Israel, Come here. And hear the words of the Lord your God. And Joshua said, By this you shall know that the living God is among you, and that he, is, uh, that he will without fail drive out from before you all the ites. You can read the list of ites in verse 10. Behold, the ark of the covenant of the Lord uh, of all the earth is crossing over before you in the Jordan. Now therefore take yourselves twelve men from the tribes of Israel, one man from every tribe, and it shall come to pass as soon as the soles of your feet of the priests who bear the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, shall rest in the waters of the Jordan, that the waters of the Jordan shall be cut off, and the waters that come down from upstream, and they shall stand in a heap. And so it was when the people set out from their camp to cross over the Jordan with the priests bearing the ark of the covenant in front of the people. And those that bore the ark came to the Jordan, and the feet of the priests bore the ark dipped into the edge of the water, that the whole waters came from upstream, stood still, and rose in a heap very far away. At this point, it is interesting that the people don't think too much of Joshua. They, they don't have this great idea of Joshua. He says, because he says, uh, the Lord said to Joshua, This day I will begin to exalt you in the sight of Israel, so that they may know that as I was with Moses, so I am with you. What was it that... And we think of Joshua as something, don't we? We think of Joshua as this, this great hero took over for Moses when, when Moses wasn't able to go into the promised land. We have this idea, we have this reputation that Moses has for us. He's a great hero, and he was a not so much to these people. God says, I'm going to have to do something to help your reputation out. Don't worry, we'll start. We'll start tomorrow fixing this. And at this point, there is no turning back. He's at one of these watershed moments in his life. There's a point at which he's got to do something. <clears throat> On my refrigerator right now is a prescription that, uh, that I... It's, a, it's not a prescription for medicine. It's a prescription of something that I have to do. I have to do it once a year. It's called blood work. I famously do not like needles. 
uh, I, I saw Christopher this morning getting out the needle. I had to leave. I cannot watch people even preparing needles. I don't like it. So that prescription thingy has been sitting on my fridge for about a week. You go into, I have to do it. And so probably Monday or Tuesday we'll go in. And I have a procedure that I have to go through to, to be able to get through this little needle. <laughs> All right, headphones on, crank the music. I can't look at it. Right? And then I can see things happening. Okay, I can handle the, the blood pressure thing, and, and uh, they do all the, okay, your temperature thing, and let's see how tall you are, see the weight. Okay, we can handle this. And then it starts coming, and then they're getting the cotton swab out. And then the sweats start coming. Okay? See, we're reaching the moment of truth. There's a series of events that gets to, I think, so, so, so we lead up to this day and Joshua's getting ready and he can handle all the little things along the way. And it's getting to the moment of truth where, Moses, where, where, where uh, Joshua, excuse me, Joshua's going to, to, to have to, it says, step in. There's no turning back. And this, if you look, we know the, the greatness of the, the Red Sea crossing. And, and this probably is, is not as, as significant, right? I mean, if you look today and you go on, you can go on YouTube. This is such an uneventful place. I can walk across the Jordan River that, that there would be guards on the other side. It's, 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 it's not even as wide as, as this building is here. It's about six feet deep, so, so I might have to, you know, swim for a few feet. That's not that wide. They have to put a barrier in the middle of it so that you don't cross from one country to another country. It's not that impressive. Anyway, what great miracle. Well, there have been dams built on the Jordan River so that it doesn't overflow every year in the spring. This is in the spring. They're, they're doing this about one month after the Passover. So this is in April when, when there would be flooding. And flooding without dams. So this would be about at that point in time, approximately one mile wide of a Jordan River with a, a significant water flow. So it, wasn't, it was actually flowing rapidly. This actually might have been more impressive than the Red Sea crossing. We, we think of the Red Sea and wow, woo, and, and then, oh yeah, then they crossed the Jordan. This might have been more impressive of an event than the Red Sea crossing. Joshua has spent 40 years leading up to this moment. 40 years waiting for the needle. He was one of the spies that went in and said, we can take this. He was kind of brave. He was brave, and, and yet we come to the point. We come to this point. And why is he not thought of as a great man? This moment will determine, or start to determine, who Joshua is thought of today. This moment begins, because once he makes this decision, the rest of the decisions get easier. Most of what we think of about Joshua happens in a five-year span. Did you know that? You think you have this long history. We don't really know much about Joshua. He spied, and then for, he was, you know, 40 years later. They enter when he's 80 years old. They cross over, beginning when he is 80 years old. Five years later, 
chapter 14 of, of the book of Joshua, they're done, mostly. He gets his piece of property and goes home. Sits down, I'm home. Okay, you guys go to your, your place, you go to your place, and there's a bunch of telling where their places were, right? And it was all exciting information. And, and take care of your own place now. I'm home, I'm done. That all happened in five years. And what we think of Joshua as this great man happened in five years. And it begins with this watershed moment. This moment where he said to step in. Getting across. Conquering these giants. Doing all the things. Five years. read another section in Joshua chapter 1. We really, really want to make some application today. Because we want to talk about preparing for the moment. Joshua chapter 1, verse 5 through 18. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous. For to this people you shall divide as an inheritance to the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and courageous, so that you may observe and do everything according to the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from the right or to the left, so that you may prosper wherever you go. The book of the law shall not leave your mouth. You shall meditate it day and night. You shall observe and do according to everything that is written in it. For then I will make your way prosperous, and you will have good success. Haven't I commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And Joshua commanded the officers and people, saying, Pass through the camp and command everybody, saying, Prepare provisions for yourself, for within three days you will cross over the Jordan to go possess the land which your Lord your God is giving you to possess. The Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe in Manasseh, Joshua spoke, saying, Remember the word which Moses, your servant of the Lord, commanded you, saying, The Lord, your God, is giving you rest, and he's giving you this land. Your wives, your little ones, your livestock shall remain in the land which Moses gave you on this side of the Jordan. But you shall pass before your brethren armed, all your mighty men of valor, and help them until the Lord's given your brethren rest, as he gave you. They had taken possession of the land which the Lord is giving them. Then you shall return to your land and enjoy it, which Moses the Lord's servant, gave you on this side of the Jordan. So they answered Joshua, saying, All that you commanded us we will do, and wherever you send us we will go. Just as we listen to Moses in all things, we will listen to you. Only the Lord your God will be with you as he was with Moses. Whoever rebels against your command and does not listen to your words, and all that you command shall be put to death. Only be strong and courageous. You want to know? Maybe. We get a little hint. We talk about what, what other people say about you. We get a little hint in what God says to, to Joshua about his character. He seems to be a man who wrestles with courage. If you've got to be told that many times to be strong and courageous, it might be an indication that you have some difficulties in that area, right? Now, what's really interesting is if you go back and you read Deuteronomy, Moses is getting ready to die and God gives him one final pass. And I believe it's in chapter 31. Uh, he was, Moses was told twice, 
you got one more job before you die. Go back down, and I want you to encourage Joshua, Moses. And he said, tell him to be strong and courageous. That was Moses' last job. Go tell Joshua to be strong and courageous. Because I picked him. He needed to prepare for that moment, that watershed moment. Be strong and courageous. Big moments involve fear. They always do. Exodus. You think about the Exodus. We were impressed with the Exodus. They were afraid, weren't they? But this was a different fear. Because their fear drove them. Their fear pushed them out. It, it, in, in a sense, it helped them. I mean, you've got an army behind you. It's kind of easy to run, isn't it? It's kind of easy to run from, from, uh, from something that's very dangerous. Their fear com, uh, compelled them forward. But the Jordan is different. The Jordan is a different because they're not running away from their enemies anymore. When they run now, they're running towards their enemies. And that's a significantly different fear. Their fear is a limiting fear. Their fear is an apprehensive fear. And that is way more powerful of a fear. And this is what Joshua has to think of as, as he's getting ready. Once I put my foot in this water, we don't go back. We're over there. What are you going to do now? Maybe we should all just live with, with Reuben and Gad and, 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 and Manasseh on this side. Maybe they'll give us some of their land they figured out. They didn't want any part of that. They're just like, we're going to stick over here. No. Once we cross, you've got to do something. I want to look at Deuteronomy 31 because there's some lessons in what Moses is to tell Joshua. I want to read that real quick. Deuteronomy, it's just a short passage. Deuteronomy 31, and it's verses 6 through 9, that talk about preparing. He says, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid of them, for the Lord your God, is, uh, your God is the one who goes with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. It actually says he's the one that goes before you uh, in some translations. And Moses called Joshua and said to him in the sight of all Israel, Be strong and courageous, for you must go with this people to the land which the Lord has sworn to the fathers to give them, and you shall cause them to inherit it. And the Lord, he is the one who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. Just the three lessons. Three things to talk about, about preparing. You can't put off fear forever. He says you must cross over. At some point in time, you can only procrastinate, but you're going to get the needle some point in time. You can't put it off. You can only do so much preparing, and it's going to happen. Because it has to. 
We put off our fears and, and, and think that they, they won't come. It's going to find you. They had wandered for 40 years. Here it is. We're back. It's the same giants. It's the same everything. Here we are. Same situation. What are we going to do with it now? You put it off for 40 years. Well, God put it off for 40 years, but here it is 40 years later. We have to deal with it. Uh, even, if it even if it was a six-foot-deep river, it still is a thing that you have to do and then we have to do. So you can't put off fear forever. First key to preparing for a watershed moment. Second, success does not solely depend upon you. We suffer a lot of anxiety because we think of all the things that are required of me. But he says, God goes before you. It's important to understand. God goes before you. God's doing this. God says, I'm going to cause you to be thought of in a certain way, starting tomorrow. But God goes before you. We play the lesser role in success. You think a lot of things depend on me. Surprising how well things would, would go if I was no longer here. Things would go. If any one of us were gone, things would still continue. Because guess what? One day we will all be gone. And this world will keep on turning. Things don't really depend on me all that much. God goes before me. If I understand the source of victory, it will be a little bit easier to get ready and face that challenge. However, the third thing, and I'm going to contradict myself, success does depend on me. What did he say? You shall cause them to inherit it. What? I thought God did it. I thought we'd just sit back and let God take care of it. Nope. Let go and let God. Nope. God goes before me. That implies that I go after him. God doesn't say... Listen, I got this one. You kick back some Doritos, Pepsi, click on, click on Netflix, and I got it. Nope. I go before you. You come after me. Right behind me. You got my back, right? Right behind me. Success does depend on me. Because if we all decided not to do anything, nothing would get done. God says, I'm going to go before you, and then you are going to cause these people to do these things. You have a significant role. The passive letting God take care of everything is not anywhere that I read. Even, even in the moments where, where God says, be still and know that I am God, and various things like that, you look in these passages and you find that God requires something. Even some minimal effort, God says, I require something. So 
So just a couple of thoughts as we close here. Don't run from your moment. I don't know what your moment is. That moment may determine who you are or who you are thought of. Now, I'm not saying that you can never come back from, from those bad decisions. But don't run from those moments. A series of bad decisions also. We talk about the little decisions. A series of bad decisions gives me a character that, even though people don't know it, develops the type of thing that I will make when we do come to those big moments. If I have a moment, you look at people who've done things and now everybody knows what kind of person they were. Right? A lot of those in the news. There's a lot of those in the news recently, isn't there? People whose lives are completely turned upside down. Well, before anybody knew anything about them, they were making little decisions that no one would ever know. And little things. And little things. And they developed the inability to make the right decision in the big moment. Don't run from your little moments either. Those those series of choices will determine what you do in the big moment. So don't run from your moments. Second thing, what is your fear? What things are you afraid of? We are afraid of different things. It may be an internal thing. Conquering some personal challenge. It may be a public thing. It may be something that you're going to have to do publicly. It may be a situation or whatever it is. We all face a different thing that we are afraid of. When your big moment comes and you feel the fear, God has gone before you. Step in. Step in.